Well, hello, friends. Welcome to the Imago Nutrition Podcast. I am Mark Glesney, one of your hosts, here with my sister-in-law and registered dietitian extraordinaire, Daniel Glesney. Daniel, how's things up in St. Louis? Good, bright and sunny. It's a beautiful day today. Same down here in Nashville. So we're, we're ramping up the summer and it's looking gorgeous. So um, as I said, this is the Imago Nutrition Podcast. What we love to do is uh, give you practical nutrition strategies to help you and your family flourish. And we have a great question today from Dan, speaking of Tennessee, in Tennessee. I might know who Dan is. Okay, he might be a friend of mine. He submitted a question, and so we're going to take a look at his question. Um, if you've got a question, you've got a burning nutritional question, you've got um, some information you want us to verify or deny, reject, or accept, if you've got anything that we can help you with, you can send us a question. We'll consider it as an episode um, of this podcast. And so you can head over to imagonutrition.com. That's I-M-A-G-O, nutrition.com slash podcast. And there is a little form. You can punch through a question. It will come over to us, and we will consider it for a possible future podcast episode. And so with that, Daniel in Tennessee um, has a three-part question. Okay, so he sets it up like this. He says, I have questions on two specific food items that I like, although this could perhaps be incorporated into a broader discussion on nutrition. And then he also has a third part of the question um, as well. So we're going to take, take these. Uh, Danielle's going to take the first two. I'm going to take the third one. So we'll kind of take this in, in, in three parts here. And the first question is this, and I'll toss it over to Danielle. His first question on this food that he likes, and he's curious about the, um, the health of it, is number one, he says, V8 or any vegetable juice. Is this as, quote, healthy as advertised? Or maybe the question could be put another way. Is V8 a good substitute or supplement to vegetables, or should you just suck it up and eat more vegetables? Love that question. Danielle, your thoughts? Great. Yes. Um, so when I think about whether a food is really healthy, we I look at the ingredient list um, to see, is there a long list of things or is it very short? So long list of things means it's more processed. Um, in short would mean it's closer to the whole natural form. Um, so when you look at V8 juice, um, it is a pretty short ingredient list. Um, so it has vegetable juice, which is just a blend of different vegetables. Uh, and then a second is salt um, and then vitamin C. So that kind of preserves your food. Um, so the ingredient list is short. So that's a plus on this um, product. And another plus is it is low in calories. So only 45 calories mm. in a cup or eight ounces of this. Um, the disadvantage, uh, unfortunately, is the sodium is quite high, 640 milligrams of sodium in one cup of V8 juice. Um, what you also want to think about is, you know, what am I getting you know, why am I choosing this product? Like, like you mentioned, do I just need to suck it up and eat more vegetables? So the other disadvantage of this product is there's no fiber. Um, mm. and you are looking for fiber in your fruits and vegetables to help you feel satisfied. Um, as well as tons more health benefits for GI health. And, um, you know, we'll, we can have a whole episode on how important fiber is, but 
that is what I would say about the V8 juice. It's a great lower calorie food. Um, you know, just consider the sodium in your daily intake. Are we having other processed foods that have high sodium as well? And then once again, are we eating our vegetables um, to, to make up for the fiber uh, loss in this product? So hopefully that answers cool. your question there. Yeah. And I think, you know, just kind of on balance, it's like, should we prefer veggies more often? And can we incorporate V8 every so often? You know, absolutely. I don't know if you can hear that, but my dog is yelping at the back door. Uh, I'm <laughs> home alone. So there's just random yelping in the back. Sorry, puppy can't go outside right now. Um, but all, all that's to say that should we be preferring veggies more often than not? Yes. Can we incorporate V8 from time to time? Yes. But what we don't want to do is say, V8 is my veggies, right? Absolutely. It is my vegetables because it says vegetables, got one on the can. And so that's my veggie intake. So um, we're all about nutrition is far more about freedom than restriction. And so um, that's certainly the case with this as well. And so um, the second question is Cliff Bars. He says, I love them. Same question, though. Are they really that healthy? I know many of them are high in sugar, but still... I assume they're not the worst thing you could eat for some energy between meals. I could be wrong, though. Very possible. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So Cliff Bars, um, they let's take a look at the positive of them first. Um, so the positive is they do have some protein. So um, in the adult advertised bar, it has uh, 11 grams of protein. And then in the kids, you know, smaller uh, version, it has about five grams of protein. Um, the other advantage is it has fiber. So, um, you know, the first ingredient of the, uh, bar might be oats. And so there's where you get some fiber. Um, so three grams of fiber or more is good. And this product has five. Um, so one thing to think about on the flip side is, you know, calorie wise, they are bars tend to be higher in calories. So 260 grams of calories for this bar. Um, you know, if it helps you feel satisfied and it, you know, gets rid of your uh, sweet tooth craving, craving, um, then yes, that's a benefit of this. Um, as long as you have the calorie budget for it. Um, when we talk about added sugar, we are looking at the, the line that says how many grams of added sugar and not how many grams of total sugars. Um, so, you know, for the adult advertised version one, it says 15 grams of added sugar. And I think the child sized one, uh, or the one that says kids, um, has nine grams of added sugar. So in one of my episodes, I went through how to see how many teaspoons. Um, so for women, our goal is to have six teaspoons of added sugar or less. And for men it's to have nine teaspoons of added sugar or less. So a teaspoon is four grams. So you just take how many grams of added sugar and divide that by four. So in the kids version, um, they're getting about two teaspoons of added sugar. Um, and so the kids are recommended to stay closer to the women. So a less than six teaspoons of added sugar for, for kids. Um, and then if you look at the other one, the 15 divided by four, you know, we're a little bit higher there. So Thinking about, again, if, if that satisfies your sweet tooth, we have the budget, we have, um, we're not aiming for zero grams of added sugar in a day. Um, and like I said, there's other benefits to this product. There's protein and fiber. Another like food that I, you know, would consider, I guess the, the term is, uh, was it power? No, uh, I just totally lost it. 
what is that food? Like superfood, superfood. Thank you. Superfood. Um, yeah. So superfood is a huge, uh, <clears throat> term. And I would always like, I like to say kefir is a superfood because it has protein. It has, uh, calcium. It has vitamin D, which is low in our food supply. Um, it has 12 probiotics. Okay. That's just for, uh, benefits of it. And there are added sugar. So would you rather have the added sugar and get all those benefits or have an, a dessert without any of those benefits? Right. So having the added sugar in that product to get you to enjoy it, um, you know, with those, all those other benefits, you can kind of think of it in that way. Um, so yeah, thinking about one, your budget on calories and added sugar, if we're going over on those things, this might not be a great product for you. Um, if it fits into your budget for that, um, in the overall day, then more power to you. If you love it, you know, we want you to eat the things that you enjoy. Um, so any questions about that, Mark? Nailed it. And for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, you saw me disappear during that answer. Those of you that are on the podcast, I'm confessing that I muted my mic and I disappeared because my dog was getting super obnoxious. In the <laughs> and so anyways, uh, but I was still here for you know 95% of that. So no, I mean, what you said is exactly true. I mean, I think it's if it fits in your budget, if it fits within some of these health parameters, um, is it something that we want to rely on? No. Is it something that we can incorporate in moderation? Of course, like most things. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and speaking of the calorie budget, right? So some of you heard Danielle use that and you're like, I've never really heard someone call that a budget before. That is a way to think about your calories. And the third um, question in, in Daniel's um, submission is about tracking calories. And so, yes, think of things as a budget, just like money. Um, when you've got a set amount allocated for a day, you spend that. You stop when you're done spending, or we at least should. Same thing with food. If you're um, if you've got your goals and you've got your calorie target for the day, whether you're trying to lose weight, maintain weight, heck, if you're even trying to gain weight, we work with weight gain clients too. You've got a daily budget, and you want to hit that budget um, and stay within some of these again other nutritional considerations like added sugar. So the third part of Daniel's question is one other question I just thought of: How do you count how many calories you're eating? It sounds easy. I love this part. And it would be if I just ate all packaged food. Then I could just look at the calories on the label and add it up. But that's not how most of us, I think he's referring to his family, eat. So what are some tools and methods for keeping tabs on how many calories you're consuming? This is a great question. And I want to start by saying calorie counting has gotten a bad rap. But it is not inherently bad. Okay, If you have a bad relationship to counting calories, that can absolutely be an issue. But counting calories, or as I like to call it, tracking nutrition, I think that's just a more positive way to frame it, um, can absolutely and is one of the most accurate tools available, methods available to achieve body composition and nutritional goals. Okay. So if your doctor says, look, you got to hit, you know, you got to start, or like, like Danielle's saying, like, hey, ladies, you got to hit 25 grams of, of fiber. Well, how do you know if you're doing that or not? you probably got to track your fiber, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you're neurotic any more than having a budget. My wife and I have a, a, a monthly budget every month and we have an app on our phone that tracks all our money. And no one says, wow, you guys are just really neurotic. This, no, we're winning with our money. And we're, we're telling our money where to go. We're using it on purpose. Same thing with calories, same things with fiber, same thing with proteins, right? You want to attack those nutritional goals with purpose. You don't want to just 
assume you're hitting certain things because that's almost never the case, by the way. So people don't accidentally hit optimal fiber and accidentally hit optimal protein, okay? So all that's to say, back to the question. The question is, how do I track calories, which is a really great question. So number one, no, it's not inherently wrong. If you're hearing this and you have had a bad relationship with that, that's um, that that we know that that can be really tough, okay? Um, but tracking nutrition can actually be an incredible learning opportunity. And so real practically, there's a couple ways, Dan. Um, there's two apps in general that I recommend. Number one is MyFitnessPal, the free version of MyFitnessPal. You don't have to pay for any of the upgrades to do what we're about to explain, okay? So MyFitnessPal is probably, Danielle, would you say is probably the most popular? Yes. I think it's probably, yeah, I think it's number one. I've, I've had that app for a very, very long time before Under Armour bought it. It was trash before that. Under Armour bought it, made it way better. Um, the other one I actually like is an app called Lose It. I hate the name, but I love the app, okay? It just assumes we're all trying to lose it at all times on that app, okay? So some people are trying to gain it. Some people oh, are trying win to maintain it. it. <laughs> yeah, how about win it? How about crush it, okay? Um, so those are the two apps I recommend. I would say 95% of my clients, whether they're weight loss, weight gain, body recomp clients, use MyFitnessPal. Um, I personally use my lo or, or lose it. I've just been using that and have gotten into a routine, and my recipes are built in there, and my history is built in there. So I'm on lose it personally, but I also have MyFitnessPal, and most of my clients are. So somewhere between that is a really good option. There's many more out there. Those are just two. And again, I can't stress enough. Go with the free version. Don't worry about any of the upgrades. Don't worry about paying for anything, Okay. So a couple more things to think about. So if you download the app, um, again, assuming you got a smartphone, you can get the app. That's the easiest, best way. And by the way, I say this all the time, like it's never been easier to actually track our calories. In all of human history, it's actually never been easier. Okay, with the apps on our phone and the access to food databases and with restaurants having to put calories and nutritional information uh, more upfront, I know it's a whole debate whether or not we should make them do that or not. We won't get into that today. Uh, but it has, I mean, you can literally scan barcodes. Now, that's what we're going to talk about in Dan's question. He's saying, but what, what happens when I can't scan it? But let's just all sit back and, and reflect on the fact that it has never been easier to track calories. Okay. Um, now, however, that does not mean that it, it doesn't come with some liabilities. Number one, I would not take the, the app's recommendation for your calorie intake, particularly females. I have seen time and time and time and time and time again that these apps put females on far too many calories or uh, far too few calories, okay? And that can be the case with males as well. So number one, it may force you to enter some information like height, weight, age, sex, all that sort of stuff. Do not take its calorie recommendation. Work with a professional. You can work with us on that. What that actually looks like, we need to understand your total daily energy expenditure. We need to take a look at your goals. We need to take a look at your lifestyle. Um, and we need to then give you a more accurate recommended intake for your calories um, because these apps are notoriously too low. They just look at basically BMI data and then shoot out some aggressive weight loss um, calorie intake. And it's, it's crazy. So with that said, you also need to understand that tracking your calories will never be 100% accurate, okay? Even if you're scanning only packaged food, it's not going to be 100% accurate because the FDA allows nutrition labels to have a margin of error up to 20%. So if that bar says it's 100 calories, it could actually be up to 120 calories. So even if you're scanning a processed, manufactured, packaged, labeled food, just know that there can be a variance within that, okay? And so, but very practically, um, this is not all doom and gloom because I'm a big proponent of tracking nutrition or counting calories, particularly when you have focused goals, okay? 
Um, so what happens is you download, you're able to open that up and you're able to start adding food to your log. Okay. You're able to do this a couple different ways. Yes, you can scan a QPC code. Okay. But Dan, what you're asking about is what happens when I don't have that. Okay. And so what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to see in the app that it has many options like a banana. Okay. So I eat generally at least uh, I eat a banana a day. Usually at some point in my day, I eat a banana. And so when I search in the app banana, it generally gives me like three options, a small banana, a medium banana, and a large banana with like an inch consideration, like five to seven inches is like considered medium, I guess. Okay. So I'm able to just pull that in just by searching for it. Didn't have to measure anything. Didn't have to weigh anything. I can just search for an eyeball. This is a medium banana. So I'm going to log that in. So that's an example of one way that you can then log it. Now, you may go out to eat, you may have um, a restaurant environment where you can search in the app for what's called crowdsource data. Someone has probably gone in there and added a Taco Bell Chalupa to give a really disgusting example, right? <laughs> Someone has probably already logged that for you. So you can find that food and pull that in as well. You can also just search general. So when in doubt, what I tell people is when in doubt, just log something. Okay, so if you go out and you have a, a you know, a steak burrito um, at a restaurant, you know, a mom and pop shop, search in the app, steak burrito. Is it going to be accurate? No, but we've already said that it's not going to be 100% accurate. But we want to start getting close. We want to start using this tracking environment as a learning environment. This isn't a prison you're in. It's a classroom you go to so that you can learn um, knowledge and principles that you can then take out into the real world. Okay. So tracking will never be 100% accurate. When in doubt, log something. You can search in the apps, pull in food um, organically, right? You can just pull in the food without having to scan anything, okay? Um, and a little bit more on the non-packaged food. So just know that the most accurate way to log that banana would be to peel it and then weigh it on a food scale. That's actually the most accurate way. Now, do I do that? No, I don't have a food scale. I know a lot of people do. I think they're very cool. I might get one someday. I don't have one right now. The most accurate way I could log that banana would be peeling it, pulling out the fruit, putting it onto the food scale, and then logging it in terms of its weight, not necessarily its size, if you will. Okay, so that's the most accurate way. If you're like, that's a hassle, I'm not doing that. No worries, I don't do it either. The second most accurate way to be to um, you could pull out like strawberries. I, I eat strawberries also almost every day or blueberries. Um, but with my strawberries, I dice them up and I pull up in my log. I, I just search for strawberries and there's an option that says strawberries sliced. So I pull up that option and then it says one cup. And then what I do is I dice up my, or my strawberries and I put them into a measuring cup. Is that 100% accurate? No. Is it pretty dang close? Yeah. Is a cup of strawberries going to be the reason you make or break your dietary budget? Probably not. Okay. And it's a good thing to eat. So, um, so all that's to say a food scale is the most accurate, but using measuring cups is the second most accurate. And then the third most accurate would be again, to use some of the options in there, like, um, a, a large banana, small banana, or, um, about how much broccoli or about how much vegetables or about how much seafood or whatever you're eating. Okay. Um, and so, with that, all that's to say that apps still work even if you don't have a barcode to scan of the food, okay? And then lastly, I don't know if you have anything to add to this, Danielle, but lastly, when it comes to recipes, the cool thing about these apps now too is that you can build recipes in the apps just like what I described. So you could say, okay, 
I'm making my quinoa salad, right? So I'm here's I'm putting in this whole bag of quinoa. You can just add that to the recipe. I'm doing diced bell peppers. Take how many you did or whether you weigh it or cup it out, whatever you want to do, put that in there. And then maybe you do like feta cheese. Like we do this quinoa pepper feta thing my wife makes. It's terrific. Um, so you put all those ingredients in there. You make one huge recipe. And then what the apps allow you to do is then set a serving size of that recipe. So a lot of times it would just be like a cup. I use a cup often, like in most of my measuring, a lot of my foods that I can consistently eat are a cup, a cup of oats, a cup of strawberries, a cup of blueberries, et cetera, et cetera. And so you put all the recipes in there and then the apps will allow you to set a, a serving size, whether that's a cup, a half a cup, two cups, whatever you want that to be. And then it'll calculate based on the sum total of all those ingredients and all the calories and all the nutrients in that, it will then parse that out for what a cup would be. So all that's to say, the cool thing is, is that it's very, very easy to track food these days. We do not have an excuse. I'm not saying you're giving one, but it's just really, really cool how easy it is these days to understand in a, in a fairly accurate way how many calories we're bringing in on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, how much of those calories is coming from protein, how many is coming from carbs, from fats, what your daily fiber is, et cetera, et cetera. So again, in sum... Dan, I would download an app and I would start playing with that app. And just know it's going to take a little time to get adjusting to. And it's a little manual up front. But man, when you start having some reoccurring foods that you just bring back up and you start having some reoccurring recipes that you just bring back in, it becomes easier and easier and easier over time so that I track my food now. But it's it, it, it's I hear people say this all the time. There's like, I don't have time to track food. I make the joke. Well, do you have time to eat? Because if you have time to eat, you have time to track food because I don't know anyone that doesn't stop, you know, for a few minutes while eating. And you could use that time to track food. Okay. But um, all that's to say, it's just a terrific time to be able to understand this, to be able to learn, to be able to, again, see which foods you have recurring, to see where you are and some of your, your nutrient intake, your fiber intake, your protein intake, et cetera, et cetera, your overall calorie intake based on your goals. So Again, download an app, start playing with it, give yourself some time, build some recipes, have some fun with it. Think of it as a learning environment. I mean, I have some clients that just absolutely nerd out about this stuff. They just get so into like, man, if I just adjust this by half a cup, I free up 200 calories that at the end of the day, I can build that into my dessert. And they just have a fun time getting nerdy about it, right? So all that's to say, Dan, good news is the apps work, whether it's packaged food or non-packaged food. Just get in there, start logging, and you'll learn quick, trust me. So anything to add on that, Daniel? No, I think um, that's what I was going to say is just to, it gets easier at, at after time, you know, like putting it all in at once, putting in your recipes, and then how it saves your frequent foods is amazing. So it does get yeah. easier with time. Yep. I love it. And, and so I, again, I use lose it and it'll even has like a one tap. It's like add breakfast from yesterday. And I can just do that in one tap. Now I don't eat the same breakfast. I have kind of like generally like three or four rotating breakfasts, but sometimes I'll eat them multiple days in a row. Um, I might eat my, you know, my yogurt bowl, like three days in a row, man, I just a one tap and it's done. Like that's logging for me because I did the manual work of building my yogurt bowl recipe, my Greek yogurt bowl recipe. Now I can just always tap and just bring that in. I don't have to log every ingredient, every serving, every time it's already in there. So it does, it does get easier. Again, a lot of people think it's a lot it's laborious, tracking calories is laborious and, and maybe it was in the past, but man, it's not these days. I mean, we're on our phones a lot, um, all of us, I think, and so, or at least so many of us. And it's really not that hard to track calories, which is, uh, is kind of a, a cool, 
uh, modern development. So hope that helps, Daniel. Um, super excited uh, to get that question. Thanks so much for asking it. Again, if you've got a question, um, feel free to head over to imagonutrition.com slash podcast. You can send us a question. If this uh, episode has been helpful, we'd love it if you subscribe so you get all the future episodes automatically. Um, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, if you've got a friend that has some of these same questions, they love their V8, they love their Cliff Bars, they're curious about counting calories, um, do us a favor, share this episode with them. We'd love to help as many people as possible. Um, and if you're on social media, uh, you can follow us at Imago Nutrition. That is I M. AGO Nutrition. And as always, we're going to send you off with our theme song by the band Happy Pill um, titled Thinking About Food because at Imago Nutrition, we are always thinking about food.